0: This word has been burning in me for a while. And uh, actually, it's pretty simple because I'm a simple man, you know, a man of few words. Um, But not too very long ago, I was asked a question. And it was that... um, The guy told me, he says in my country, he says, when a baby is born, they're born innocent. How can it be, according to the Bible, which he didn't know anything about, that they can be born in sin and be be condemned for for the sin? How how is that? How can God justify that? Okay, so I know right now you you got scriptures going through your head, oh well I'll tell him this and I'll tell him that. Well, what if this person doesn't even know who Adam and Eve is? Know very little bit about what the Word of God is and stands for. So you you have to start digging deeper. You start have to dig deeper to explain to him to this person. What exactly sin is and how did it he get here? So God, so that's how this this came about. But the answer was in uh, the answer, the way I was able to explain it to him was through God's creation and the things that he created. And you know, um, as we look in Romans one verse twenty it says for since the creation of the world God's invisible qualities, his um, eternal power and divine nature has been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that man men are without excuse. Now, you know, <laughs> I can say that. I can say that to somebody in Houston and they, the, the creation, they can't even see the creation here. You know, I mean, our fields that surround us is asphalt and, and concrete, right? We can't even see the stars at night because of the the, uh, the streetlights With all the noise of the, the motorists and the the railroad and the communities, we can't even hear the things of nature, the things that uh, God is trying to speak to us. But God is always trying to speak to us and he does speak to us through his creation. It tells us in Psalms, if I can find it, Psalms 19, Verse 1. You're there, huh? I might let you read. Well, maybe not. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour, out, they pour forth speech night after night, display knowledge. There is no speech or language that their words is not heard. That's pretty much everywhere on earth, right? You know, you, you get asked a question every now and then about that, too. What about this this guy over here that, that never had the Bible in his language? Nobody's ever preached to him. Well, he's a lot closer to nature than I am. And then you all. This word says he's without excuse. <clears throat> their, their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. In the heavens, he has pitched his tent for the sun, which is like the bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like the champion rejoicing to run its course. It raises, it rises at one end of heaven and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. You see, I'm convinced that we miss a lot of interpretation, and a lot of, in the word of God because we don't know the history and the times that it was written in or the customs of the people that wrote it. But we also miss, often, what God is trying to talk to us, because he, he tries to talk to us through everything, ever so softly, and we just miss it, right? Now, I'm going to try to, I'm going to show you, in the end of this message, we'll talk about uh, how the, and the things in nature described this to the one person and helped them answer this question. But right now we're going to talk about, I had to explain how sin came into the world. Now this is very elementary, you guys. I'm a simple God, okay? So everything that comes out of my mouth is simple. We're going to deal with that right up front, all right? Okay, turn with me to Genesis, chapter one, verse 27. For God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female, and he created them. Now God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you the very, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be For your food. Now. As we read. If we read this. It says that. Be fruitful. And and increase in number. Who do you think he's talking to there? He's talking to Adam and Eve. Right? But the next sentence he says. Be fruitful. No he says. The next sentence It says. Fill the earth. And subdue it. Fill the earth with what? Things like this stumped me. You know, I mean, I got to figure this out. He, you could say that he said he means fill the earth with people, with with your, with Adam and Eve. To, he tells them right before that to to uh, be fruitful and multiply, increase in number. But down here in verse twenty nine. He says, and God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth. I give you every tree that has fruit with seed in it. There's a key to that. Seed in the Bible is used throughout the whole Word of God, and it could be that we're Descendants of the seed of Abraham. Uh, It's used in the the sowing of good seed in the ground. And he's talking about that here. The seed is important because he gives it these plants for food, but he told them to uh, be fruitful and increase in number. So he gave them something to do. They had to be gardeners. They had to learn how to to work the land. And if they would not have, they would have just sat back like they're on welfare and, and just eat the fruit and not plant the seed. Eventually, the supply and demand would have been overrun, Right? Right? But God had this already planned out. So it says in verse 31, it says, And God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and then there was morning. He said it was very good. So when God created the heavens and the earth, when he created the plants and the trees, They were good. And they were good uh, trees planted in good soil that created good fruit, and the fruit produced good seed. And you could put that seed, and and they were commanded to put that seed and reproduce and fill the whole earth. Okay? But something happened. Genesis 3:17 To Adam he said because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you you must not eat cursed is the ground because of you, uh, through through painful toil, and you you will uh, you will eat of it. Okay, let me read that again. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles, and you will eat the plants of the fields. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since, it, from, since from it you were taken, and dust you are, and to dust you will return. Now, <clears throat> the ground, it become cursed. And it produced thorns and thistles. What, what do you think of when you think thorns? You know, I think of a locust tree. So Those of you. Now, I am from the country, so I may say have some sling that you don't quite pick up on right away, but, um, the locust tree has big big thorns on it. And, uh, but it makes a cocoa bean, a certain of it makes, uh, like a cocoa bean and, And, and you can be used to make, I think it's called carob. The carob tree is a, is a, of the local. The wild lemon tree has thorns. And I'm going to talk on that a little more when I get to the, to the end here. But what he's saying here, Is that you can no longer. Put good seed. In a cursed ground. And it creates a cursed tree. And it creates a cursed fruit. And it creates a cursed seed. You follow me? A little bit. Because the ground. Is now cursed. Uh, Genesis 5 twenty eight when Lamech had lived a hundred and eighty-two years, he had a son. He named him Noah, and said, "He will comfort us in our labor and painful toil of our hands caused the ground, but caused by the ground the Lord has cursed' and this this ground is suffering, and it's in it's in turmoil we're going to read a little bit about that, but it's because of the sin of man. Look what it says in romans eight nineteen Verse 19, it says, the creation waits eagerly in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. We all know who that was. In the hope that the creation itself will be liberated from the bondage decay and be brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God so the earth the whole earth is waiting for the Savior to come back right um, and he says that we know that the whole creation has been groaning As in birth pains of childbirth, right up to this present time. But you see that back in verse 21, it says, is waiting for the liberated from its bondage of decay. So when man sinned, he fell into sin, and man began to die. The earth began to die as well. You know, I've often caught myself saying that. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to know this whole earth is running out of everything. You know? Well, it is. Literally, that's what the scripture is telling me. Here. Uh, But God loves us too much. Believe it in that. But let's go to Luke uh, chapter 6. I put that in there and I'm not sure about it. What did I do, though? I'm breathing too hard. Or... I'll pull all the hair. <laughs> All right, that's better. <clears throat> uh-huh. I'm going to look. Luke chapter 6. Awesome 43, Look. Chapter 6, verse 43. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People who, people do not pick figs from a thorn bush and grapes from berries. Now his reference to picking the fruit was to two groups of plants that has thorns on them, You know? Um and that's the part, that's part of the curse. <clears throat> but it, some of it is how we look at it too. You know? Some people are so upset, they may say that, man, how could God put, God put uh, thorns on a rose bush? You know something that beautiful? You no. Know, why would he put thorns on and go mess up the whole plant? But others might look at it and said, "God's so gracious that he put a rose, he put a beautiful flower, in amongst the thorns." So it depends on how we we look at it and we we uh, appreciate it. <clears throat> now. If we know the Word of God, we know that He 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 loved the the earth, and He loved His people, and He loves us. That He wouldn't leave us in that cursed situation. He He brought us and made a way for us to escape that <clears throat> through being born again. In Romans five. I know I'm kind of dragging through this, but pain to be over with. If you fall asleep, I'll wake you up when I get to the punchline. Uh, it's going to be worth it in the end. <clears throat> uh, verse five, uh, uh, chapter five, verse 12. Okay. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in the same way death came to all because of sin. Now move down to verse eighteen. Consequently, just as the result of of one trespasses was a condemnation for all men, so also the result of one act of righteousness was justification that brings life for all men. For just as through the disobedience of one man the many were made sinners. So also through the obedience of one man, the many will be made righteous. Now, I don't have to explain a lot of that to you guys, but trust me, whether in my living room, I had to do a lot of these someone that didn't know. You gotta, you know, I know this is a simple message, just part for sure. It's simple, but we're trying to get to reach someone that don't have, doesn't have any concept of what you're talking about, you know so you gotta come at it kind of shallow but <clears throat> uh go to chapter eleven. Verse 1 and 2. I ask you then, did God reject his people? By no means. I am an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God did not reject his people whom he therefore knew, he foreknew. Uh, verse 12. Let me explain a little bit of this, too. You guys are so Bible literate, I don't know what I need to explain or not. <laughs> it's almost intimidating. We're gonna make it, product, <laughs> Huh? Explain it to me, brother. Um, So what he's saying here is that God grafted us in. If I just read it, it's going to come true to you, okay? Let's go to verse, uh, what did I just say? Verse 11 and 12. Again, I ask, did they stumble as though to fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles uh, to make Israel envious. But if their transgression means riches for the world and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, how much greater riches will their fulfillment be? on that. (laughs) Verse 17. If some of the branches have been broken off and you through the wild olive shoot have been grafted in, in along with the others and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root do not boast over those branches. If, if you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the root supports you. When we were in sin, before we were grafted in, we were a cursed root planted in a cursed ground producing cursed fruit. And that fruit produced a cursed seed. <clears throat> now, the, the glory In that, thinking in that, that we're grafted in. Skip down to verse 24. After all, if you were cut out of um, an olive tree uh, that is wild by nature and contrary to nature, you were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more? Uh, readily will these that the natural branches be grafted in. Now I'm no horticulture, but I I was raised in the country, and I know a lot about. I said that a lot tonight, haven't I? I said uh, I know a little bit about gardening and grafting, uh, planting, and when I read this scripture, when he says that you've been a while. Olive tree, grafted into grafted into a, a, a cultivated tree, a good tree. This tree is just as good as the trees that were in the in the garden before sin came into the world. When I read that he grafted a wild olive tree into a cultivated tree, I, I had to say, "Now wait a minute." Who does that? Who does that? Nobody but God. Because listen, this is what man does. You know, the citric tree is grafted from uh, normally a wild lemon tree. And that, that it's grafted into all these um, orange groves that you see and all that. It all started out from a cursed root as a wild lemon tree. And they cut that off and they grasped a good branch into it. And it begins to grow and it grows into what, what we see in an orchard. But there's some things you have to do in order to make that happen, too. If you graft the tree here under the tree off the old root, they'll have a limb that tried to come out. you got to keep that cut off. you got to keep it pruned out. Because if you don't, it'll grow up, and being it's drawn, it's a native to the root, and it's drawing the, the nourishing sap underneath where you graft it in, It'll grow faster and it'll grow stronger and it produces thorns. A lemon tree, wild lemon tree has thorns on it. They'll get three inches long. And if you don't cut that off, it'll overpower. It'll draw all the nourishment from the root and the grass to die. Isn't that just like our life? We're not careful. That 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 sucker—that's what it really is. What we call it will come out on that root, and it'll take over what you're trying to cultivate in your life. Now that that's just a part of what God showed me, but this this is—and and I don't understand why it happened. It seems like if you graft in a a good limb and it produces beautiful fruit. It seems like the fruit from it would produce good seed, but it doesn't. Even though the the tree the it was a good limb grafted into a cursed root, and it we've got it all over, this man has created, there's nothing we eat that's not genetically altered or hybrid or something that they form. It's just the way man is. Man's always trying to change the root. And he'll take and graft that in, and they'll try to genetically change a fruit... Well it won't have any seed in it at all. Yeah, we've got watermelon with no seeds, or grape with no seedlessness. And that's totally contrary to what God told Adam in the garden. Totally contrary to what God sent God. <laughs> and so, but but what really is, no matter how beautiful the foliage is. On this tree, no matter how sweet and plentiful the fruit is, it still has a cursed seed, and I know that. And I know that because I planted one. You know what I got? A wild lemon. Got thorns on it. Right now, they're about an inch and a half long. Um. <clears throat> so it's God's way of showing us. Through nature, through what has been created, and he shows us that no matter how pretty you make it, it's still going to produce a cursed seed. So when a baby is born from a cursed fruit, from a cursed fruit, that seed is cursed. You know, I knew this was going to be short, I know it was going to be this short. but, but I didn't know, I mean, uh, but the church today is trying to trying to produce what only God can produce. When God takes a wild branch, a wild tree, he cut the root off, throw it in the fire. And he takes that, which is you and me, and it's called being born again and we graft it into the good root, the cultivated root of Jesus Christ. And the fruit might not be as plentiful as the one man trying to produce. It. it. might It's not going to be near as pretty because cause you are cut from a, a wild tree. It's not gonna be it may not be as beautiful as the rest of the foliage on the branch. But that root is gonna pour just as much nourishment into you as he's pouring into the natural camp too. But today in today's in the American church, they have a tendency to try and make a instead of preaching the true seed, the uncorruptible seed, they they are trying to reproduce what God means to them. They'll take a cursed root and try to make it beautiful. They'll take and and graft in uh, beautiful foliage and make a lot of fruit, and their churches are full of fruit. But the seed that come out of that fruit is only as good as the root that it's attached to.